Welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast, where we talk with industry leaders across our communities and councils to discuss business challenges, opportunities, and strategies for success. Hello, and welcome to the CompTIA BizTech Podcast series brought to you by your CompTIA business and technology communities worldwide. I am Gary Bixler, Vice President of Member Communities at CompTIA, and excited to be your host for the podcast series. Uh, each week, we'll bring you new content from the business of technology world. This week, we're actually bringing you the final installment in a four-part series called Culture Shift. And this particular series is sponsored and delivered by our Advancing Tech Talent and Diversity Community, ably led by Yvette Steele, who joins us now. Yvette, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Gary. I'm um, always happy to be here and uh, be a part of the wonderful conversations that we have around uh, the workforce and diversity, equity, inclusion in the industry. We're always excited to have you. And before I forget, I wanna remind our listeners, uh, be sure to hit pause for us and go hit that subscribe button so you'll be subscribed uh, to our BizTech podcast and make sure you uh, get notifications of all the new content uh, that we uh, deliver here. So before we get started, Yvette, I saw a piece on the news the other day that New York Fashion Week is coming up. I know you're very fashion focused and I would expect that as we kind of roll out of summer into fall that this is an exciting time for somebody that's fashion focused. Absolutely. I get to uh, pull out my uh heavier coats and the scarves and the hats that are all coordinated. I get to wear my boots. Um, yeah, and sometimes too, I get to update my wardrobe with uh, various accessories because as any fashionista knows that um, you don't have to buy a whole new wardrobe to upgrade your look, just change your accessories a little bit. So yeah, yeah all happens to be one of my, um, I think it's my favorite season for, for playing in my closet. Yeah. yeah, I know a lot of these events, you know, these big high-end fashion events that happen around the world are kind of exclu exclusive and hard tickets to come by. But now with everything virtual, uh, maybe you get to peek in a little more than you would normally. Because it's virtual, I have the golden opportunity to actually have a front row seat. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I know you will be there front and center for sure. So, Absolutely. Um, well, my, uh, my, you know, fall to or summer to fall wardrobe transition just amounts to me moving my long sleeve shirts to the front of the closet and my short sleeve shirts to the back. So uh, I could probably use some help there, but that's, that's the extent of my fashion prowess, if you will. Uh, you're not alone. It's typical guy stuff. Yeah. Well, guilty as charged for sure. So let's get into the topic at hand because it's a great one. Why don't you tell us a little bit about um, what we're going to hear in this part four, four finale of Culture Shift? Absolutely. We are going to talk about race in the workplace. So the actual uh, fourth installment of the series is called uh, Let's Talk About Race in the Workplace. And, um, you know, we, we're bringing back our SMEs who talked about, um, you know, the road to equity for all in part three. Uh, they're back to join us in uh, part four. So that uh, is Cal Jackson from Tech Data, Cassandra Allen from VCOM, uh, Suzanne Tedrick from IBM, and Paige Ray from um, strategic communications. So um, I'm, you know, happy to have them all back. And we're going to have a, a really lively conversation about 
why even have the conversation about race in the workplace and um, uncover some resources that are needed for productive conversations and um, you know for anybody who's you know had the um, experience of talking about race in the workplace you may realize that the role of senior leaders is uh, differs from the role of middle managers, differs from the role for individual contributors. The important thing is to have the conversation. Um, but we'll also um, explore too, when are the, uh, what are the indicators uh, that let you know that it's time that a professional facilitator is needed? So for organizations who uh, may just uh, feel a little out of their element and need to create a safe space to have these open and candid conversations, a professional facilitator um, can certainly um, come in and, and help you uh, be able to have the conversations that are needed in order to help your organization, um, you know, uh, continue with uh, progress and moving forward. Sure. Great. Yeah, such great topics. I know there's some really good kind of practical advice in here as well. So uh, as we said, this is a conversation that is already in progress. This is part four. So let's uh, join the conversation and listen in. So, you know, when, when I consider, you know, that racism in America is centuries old, and there's a mass amount of public corporate declarations to confront racism, you know, that's new. One of the commitments that many companies have made is to convene employees to discuss race in the workplace. So most organizations are doing this for the first time. So uh, Cassandra, what's your advice um, that you would give them on how to begin? So I'll say that I'm um, a little bit in the trenches with them in this moment um, because we're opening this discussion within our organization for the first time as we speak. So um, this is something that is has been on our minds for some time and um, we've talked about it and I, I'm remiss to share that we didn't do anything about it previously, but the current you know events going on within the nation really um, charged us to make this something of importance for our organization now. Um, and I'll, I'll add briefly that, that part of what made this, um, I guess, uh, part of what we kept in mind as we were carrying this forward um, for now was that we really wanted to be intentional about tying our efforts back to things that were already important within our organization. For example, our organization is very focused on helping small businesses and um, making sure that we do things in our community to support um, educational efforts um, within diverse communities. And so we were looking at ways where we could take that and, um, and create initiatives around it early on in our process that would allow us to um, to further our efforts that in a way that it tied back to VCOM specifically. So it was important to keep that core to who we were. Um, but beyond that, I would say in terms of where to start, I don't know that there's necessarily a right way to start, but start. It's important to just get started. Um, there isn't a wrong way to start either if you're starting because it's an evolution. It's something that we're going to move forward and learn from and grow together in. Um, there's obviously benefits to looking at bringing in an expert in this area, um, something that 
you know, an outsider's perspective to your organization can help you see things through a lens that you might not be able to see on your own being so close to it. Um, additionally, bringing in some expert advice or expert resources can um, provide you with um, help you shorten your learning curve, I guess. There's a huge steep learning curve and a short window of time where we want to get um, to, to a point where we're as fluent in this as we can be and bringing in an expert to help us navigate that um, would be really beneficial. It's something that we're considering doing um, as well as, you know, bringing in voices from throughout our organization to not just share perspectives, but also to help us lead um, some of the initiatives that I was mentioning earlier to um, bring us forward and, and kind of um, offer those leadership opportunities, but also to keep our focus on diversity and inclusion throughout our organization. Yeah, we have done um, some, what we call listening sessions, <clears throat> excuse me, at uh, Tech Data. And we didn't have uh, an ongoing program uh, in, uh, or, or space to do this either, Cassandra. Uh, yes, there were discussions about it, but in light of the national discussion and the national protests, senior leadership, which is what I greatly appreciate, you know, when you, you know that People have been listening to you when a senior leader on their own calls you and says, hey, Cal, I want to do something with my team, with my division. And I was very proud for some of them to do this. And to your point also, um, there are others that came and said, okay, I, I hear, you know, this SVP had a listening session, this, this director over our sales group was doing this, you know, should we be doing it also? And so what we did was we actually put together a, um, a toolkit in, in talking about, the, we know you are leaders who have had difficult conversations before, but some of you really need some tools that are specific to talking about racial equity. And we put that together and we even took a deeper dive for those who read the article and <clears throat> saw the, the, um, the tools. You say, if you, you're still feeling uncomfortable and want to do this, you know, we scheduled like three deep dive virtual sessions to actually talk about what to expect, you know, the hurdles. And I'm going to tell you that education session even turned into a listening session as we talked about, Hey, what are you afraid of is going to happen? What's going to, why, you know, we also asked the question, should I do it? It's another thing, Suzanne, not just because others are doing it. I better do one too. No, we, we also in the tools said, socialize this with your team. If one person comes to talk to you about it and says, I'd like to share what's going on with me, I, I want a, a, a safe space to do this, you know, talk to the other members of the team and you find, well, that's really a minority view in regards to that and find a different way to take care of that employee or those few employees. Uh, but that's what we, we determine. And then finally, I'll say that it has also enabled me to start something, Cassandra, I've been talking about for a while called the Global Cafe. And so I'm having a Global Cafe every couple of months and it's called Global Cafe, Real Talk On, and then there's a line. And so we're filling in the topic on that line every couple of months. Needless to say, the first topic was around racial equity. And we partnered, in fact, with our uh, Black Business Resource Group to help us to put that on. 
And I, I'm going to tell you how excited we were about it. And, and we wanted to be a true global cafe. We, we are a global company. And so we put it out there in our electronic uh, newsletter to everyone in the globe, right? So we held one that was, I think, at 4, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And then we had another one so that we could capture and make it easier for Europe and Asia Pacific. Uh, and I was on a Zoom at 3 o'clock in the morning. But the thing was is that this topic of racial equity truly is a global topic. That is what we learned. We had um, 180 people on the Zoom that really was in the America's time zone. And with your great breakout buttons you have now, uh, Yvette, we used them and we created 10 virtual breakout rooms and our Black BRG provided moderators and scribes to be in each one of those rooms to manage the discussion and then capture, you know, those themes that came out of it that we, we wanted to share with the whole organization. And then we did the exact same thing um, for the, the other group. It wasn't as large and we didn't have to break out in the, to, to breakout sessions, but I'm going to tell you, the discussion was very enlightening. Some people I think were there for curiosity. Um, you know, there were only a couple of actual people of color that were on the call. Or three or four, and, but 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 the discussion. And I'm going to close by saying this: we opened it, and and maybe some of you have seen this video. You can Google it. It, it was a video that was produced by Procter and Gamble by PNG called "The Talk." I don't know how many of you have seen this video, but it talks about generationally across generations how the black experience has had to work twice as hard prepare their young people to walk out the door, what to happen if you are engaged by police, you know, across generations in um, like a minute 30 video. And we knew it would resonate. There were people who were like, wow, that really moved me in the Americas. But there were, it really helped to even engage the discussion for Europe and APAC in the realization of, you know, this is something that I do now know that my uh, colleagues of color are dealing with. That's awesome. I love that idea. Um, I know our organization is quite a bit smaller, so um, we're looking for ways to kind of have similar conversations, um, but ch challenge with making sure that we have people equipped to moderate those discussions effectively. So um, working through those um, day by day and learning as we go. If you choose to use the, my, that idea, you must uh, brand it as Cal's Global Cafe. Yeah. We'll be sure to do that. <laughs> You know, that was really awesome, you sharing uh, the tools, resources, and ideas um, and, and how to have these conversations starting because there are organizations who are struggling and don't know where to start. And um, now, now we've taken away the excuses. We've, we've given them some tools and, and some ideas that um, they can move forward with. And Cassandra, I think, you know, what you said is, is important. Um, the important thing is to start. There's no silver bullet for the right way to start or a wrong way to start. The, the, the true error here is just not starting. So um, couldn't agree with you more there. And as we all know all too well, that it's super easy to understand, you know, how conversations about race uh, may lead to extreme discomfort for many. 
people are afraid that they'll say the wrong thing. Um, there's the possibility of misunderstanding and miscommunication. And let's not forget the risk of anger or heated debate that could happen in these conversations. And if you add in the pandemic, um, you know, and conversations taking place online, leaders and middle managers may find that they're really in over their heads. So that said, there's just a lot of factors that come into play here in order to be effective. So um, let's, let's talk about uh, the role of leadership and middle management and, and when it's best to bring in an external expert. So Cassandra, you had alluded to that earlier about the conversations and, and bringing in um, an expert. Let's, let's, let's have you, um, you know, share some uh, advice on that. Definitely. I think there are um, many great resources that are available to organizations that can help not only ease the burden of uncovering potential gaps in your organization, but can also um, assist with providing some direction and help you prioritize where to start. Um, and, you know, those are really important because I keep going back, like the, the saying goes over and over in my mind of like, this is not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's also kind of both. It's a sprint and a marathon. You know, we're, we're racing right now to come up to speed as quickly as we can and to catch up where we feel like we're running behind or um, to your point, the excuses are gone. We feel like we've really got to, you know, get, you know, get to the bottom of this as quickly as we can and try to solve because that's what we do in business we're always trying to solve for something but the reality is that this is such a longer um, focus and something that we really need to um, maintain our our commitment to and our energy toward and bringing in an expert can help us um, kind of streamline that and help us to kind of uh, the word i'm looking for they can help us kind of strategize for the long haul and um, decide where we want to go what we need to do now, where we want to go in the future with it. So let's uh, take the conversation a little deeper because I do know that, you know, the role of middle managers and senior leadership is quite different in these conversations. Paige, can you share your perspective on, on the difference? Yeah, I mean, I think um, just to kind of elaborate on a couple of the things that Cassandra touched on earlier um, with regards to leaders and also with actual managers, um, I mean, to me, there, there is a difference. You can be a leader without actually managing people just by the actions that you show. But I think for a lot of individuals, that whole comfortability factor and, you know, people in all honesty, they don't like to talk about things that make them uncomfortable. So I think that's where it can be really important um, to bring in outside consultants if needed and you know, identify what are the areas within an organization, maybe pick, narrow down to a couple and then try to focus or hone in on those. Another way of potentially doing that even beyond just um, looking at management is do a benchmark or do a poll survey of your staff and see what their thoughts are, what are their feelings, what are their perspectives, and you might get some data as a result of that that will help you then look at, okay, these are the areas that we need to look at, you know, implementing new initiatives and try to take some action in a positive fashion. 
Paige, I, uh, I definitely agree. I, I think it really is incumbent on um, leaders and managers to kind of make sure that they're getting that data, whether it be good, bad, indifferent. Uh, they need to see it. They need to understand it in order to make sure that they're engaging with their uh, communities of color um, and, and really listening to them helping them to, to be where they, they want to be. I will say that it, it, we touched on this in the last podcast, but we talked about culture uh, coming from the, the top. And it, I, I think it's, it's similar in this as well. Um, leaders do need to set the tone that you know, equality and equity um, are, are very important and that they're not just you know, buzzwords and they're not things to make you feel good, but these are things that they wholeheartedly believe and want baked in into the, the culture of their organization. And, it, and if they honestly believe that, they need to make sure that their managers are setting that vision for them in different parts of the organization, that they're following through on talking with their employees, that there's metrics that are being recorded um, and that they're continuously trying to um, improve. Um, so it's, it's important that the leaders set the tone, but that leaders and managers work together um, during this, what is a very difficult conversation for everybody involved. Yeah, I'd like to echo that if, for what we do, if we don't have the senior leadership buy-in, we're plowing. I mean, it's so difficult. And then that's, that's what eliminates the frozen middle. We know that middle managers get frozen because they're trying to take care of their direct reports. And what's important for them is not just that, but also what their leaders are. And if their leaders are not modeling this, they're not going to touch it. They're not going to touch it. So I appreciate that greatly. It's got to start from the top. And, and I'd also like to say, if there are any senior C-suite listening to this podcast right now, that I'm going to just go ahead and put a plug in for my peers because it's also the investment in this work. You've got to not only role model, you've got to invest. You have to say that, you know, you, you need a full-time person that has their eye on it. You know, I mean, before I got to tech data six years ago, they, they, they talked about doing this six years prior to me getting here. But what they did was why it didn't get traction was just because someone in talent management or an OD person had that along with the other six balls in the air that they were doing. And they were supposed to also start a DNI program, right? And of course it didn't get traction. Of course not until someone just actually until at that time, the only woman on the board of directors said, you need to do something specific with intent about diversity and inclusion in the organization, right? So, and, and then we, we went to three women on our board and, and now we just got bought. So we are privately owned and we got rid of the board. But uh, it, it, I'm just making the point that, you know, oftentimes it does take that, that, that woman who has a different dimension of diversity to understand the need for investment and focus on maintaining and making sure it's sustainable and has momentum in your organization. I'm gonna end this podcast right there. Um, I think the, the key takeaway that I've heard throughout this entire conversation is that it has to be intentional. 
that you have to put investment, you have to put resources, um, you have to put metrics, traction. Uh, there's a lot that goes into the success of having a, an equitable organization and it doesn't happen by accident. Someone should be in charge of keeping their eye on the ball and and moving diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives forward. I can't thank you all enough for the, the time and your investment of your thought leadership um, into this podcast and sharing with the industry. I greatly appreciate your time and uh, I hope to have you back soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the CompTIA BizTech podcast. For more information on CompTIA membership, communities, and councils, visit comptia.org membership. If you enjoyed this podcast, the greatest compliment you can give us is subscribing, sharing, and liking the broadcast.